Welcome to Successful Parenting, where we, Jackie Rue and Robin Choquette, share practical skills for families to build resilience and healthy connections. As practicing professionals and parents ourselves, we hope this podcast is a resource for parents to grow, reflect, and learn more about themselves and their children. Our approach is simple, tangible, and most importantly, we lead with compassion for the integrity of the families we serve. This podcast should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for informational purposes only. We love our work and we can't wait to watch families gain confidence and open themselves up to new ways of successful parenting. Good morning, Robin. How is everything going? It is good. Okay, so I have to tell you this funny story that happened this week, Jackie. I feel like I'm so out of it sometimes with how technology has changed school. So my grandson was doing his homework and I asked him, you know, does he need any help? And he said, no. He told me he had finished it. And I asked, do you want me to check it? And he was like, no, it's okay. (laughs) I kept coming back and it happened several times this week. Finally, he looked at me and he said, I don't need you to check it because it checks itself. So what I found out, (laughs) you know, I'm used to, you know, you do your homework, your parents check over it. I'm used to that kind of old way of doing it. He does homework on the computer. And if it's wrong, the computer will tell him this program tells him it's wrong. And then it has him to redo it. We'll redo the assignment. It's math, redo it and get it right. And it'll explain to him what he did wrong. (laughs) And for me, I was anxious every time I would see him do homework because he kept telling me he was okay. But I kept wanting to go in and I knew it was my own anxiety wanting to check that homework because that's that's what we used to do. That's how you did it, right? Things have definitely changed. And you know what? That's actually a fitting, a fitting way to intro into what we're going to be talking a little bit about today with uh, the anxious parent. And this is uh, a topic I've been looking forward to. And, you know, we've gotten several calls from parents in the last several weeks. And parents have said to me, we need some help. We're just so anxious. We're just so anxious. Our children are so anxious. And so I think this theme this morning that we're going to be talking about is really fitting for this time of year. I so much agree. So need it, right? And I think we all have to look at our own anxiety can really impact those around us. It's it's like that contagious effect. Oh, for sure. And we know we all experience uh, anxiety at times. For some, it might be new situations. For some, it may be situations where maybe in the past we feel were really difficult or didn't go well. And I find for many of us, it really comes down to confidence. Are we confident that we can manage being uncomfortable? Are we confident that we can work through difficult situations? I was talking to a a school social worker and a a mom yesterday, and she said, we just, I really want my my children to be able to develop this resilience and grit. And I want them to to work through those those anxieties. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But really, as a parent myself, I try to really get in check those things that trigger my own anxiety in my parenting. Yeah. You know, this time of year, I try to do some research on the topics of what's happening. And I have been doing some reading and looking at, you know, research about anxiety. And we definitely see when we're anxious, the tendency is to pass that along. And we see it from two different angles. It's the genetic piece. We definitely see genetically if uh, one 
parent is anxious, a lot of times that is transferred genetically to the child. So that component is one, you know, you can't really control that. It's kind of like you can't get rid of anxiety. And remember, if we go back to change the narrative, listeners, if you haven't listened to that one, it's a really great podcast where we talk about shifting the way we think about anxiety. It's there and it, it, it's needed. The other component to think about is our own, you know, learned behaviors. What have we learned and understood about anxiety and how we respond to it. So looking at it from that twofold, I think is really interesting to help us to kind of interrupt and, and maybe shift. If we're not being effective of what we're trying to do, what can we do differently? Well, and, and that is so true. You know, we've talked about recently that whole notion of parental anxiety, right? For so many of us parents, we can relate that parental anxiety is actually a big indicator for childhood anxiety. And so just what you said, Robin, anxiety can be contagious. Mm -hmm. So often anxious parents tend to project their own anxiety onto their children and it can really come out in many ways. It can come out through reassurance. It can come out through doing things to alleviate the anxiety I had a parent earlier this week say, uh, my child is just way too anxious because of a test. I, I don't think my child can handle the test. Uh, the child just, it's, it's causing too much anxiety. And the parent was really focused on, my child can't handle this. And I love that you just brought up the change the narrative because it really is changing the narrative from my child can't handle this to this may be difficult, but I'm confident my child can manage and so often, you know, we see that parents, due to their own parental anxiety, project that notion onto their child of, you can't handle this, you know, maybe provide reassurance, maybe provide distraction mm -hmm. or avoidance to alleviate when it's really about their own anxiety. So true, so true. And we all do that. And if, if we think about it, when we put those fears, right, so our own fears then become our children's fears and understanding that we don't have to necessarily say, I'm afraid of this or use words, because in a very primitive way, that's how we communicate through emotions. If we think about emotions are a very primitive way of communicating. If there's a bug somewhere and we're really fearful of it and we're screaming every time we see a bug, more than likely you're going to see children do the same thing in response to a bug because it's dangerous. Thinking about that, we may say, oh, the bug's not scary, the bug's not threatening, but I'm just scared of it but it's okay. But then we have these huge reactions. And so our emotions is kind of that unspoken way to communicate. Yeah. You know, I have a, I have a couple actually funny, funny stories that happened this last couple of weeks. And part of what we love to do is, is just working with parents. And, and sometimes, you know, we do find humor along with our parents in, in the small things. I had a, a mom and, um, you know, she called me in a panic because her daughter had come home and, and really just melted down. The child really just had a hard time. She melted down. She said the day was terrible, she said the day was was awful, and it was a terrible day. And so, you know, mom called me in a panic and, you know, Jackie, she can't handle school. This is too much for her. She really, she's falling apart. You know, we have to do something. This is, we need to call the school. And, and mom was really, really elevated. I heard a lot of language between mom and daughter, right? It's a horrible day. It's a terrible day. Nothing went well. This isn't going to work. We can't handle this. 
And we know that when we hear those types of, of words or phrases, that really is coming from anxiety, right? When you go into those all or nothing statements, which is pretty uh, natural, we all do, but it was interesting in talking to the mom and the child, I really cued them to use language like, okay, what's something that went well and something that was difficult, moving away from that it was a terrible day. And I really challenged mom to look at some of her language. And it was interesting in the midst of this conversation, the young girl who's a freshman was so frustrated. She said to her mom, because mom kept saying, she's so anxious, she can't handle this. The mom, the child looked at the mom and got really frustrated and said, I'm not anxious, you're anxious. Driving <laughs> me nuts. From the time I got off the bus, you started asking me if I was anxious and how my day was and I blew up. And it really, it was interesting that when they retold the story, the mom had had so much anxiety when the child came off yeah. the bus and looked sad. Mom right away said, what happened? What happened? And the child like <laughs> fell apart. And then mom kind of said, see, see, she can't handle this. Right. And it really was it really was telling to kind of walk through what had happened. And so often when I ask parents, are you okay when your child maybe looks tired or sad after school? Are you okay to let them just be rather than rushing to a response? The other story that came up this week is I had a parent say that uh, my child who's in middle school can't handle homework. Homework stresses my child out. We it don't stresses me out, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but it was interesting <laughs> when we broke it down. The child can do work at school. But yet the parent was saying, can't do work, tolerate work at home. And when we broke it down, it was so interesting. It was more about the parent's anxiety. What would happen is the parent would get really frustrated and power struggle it and yell at them and it would become a fight. And it wasn't that the child was anxious about homework. It was that the child was getting stressed and a pattern would happen when the child would become stressed. The child knew the child then wouldn't have to do the homework. Mm. And, and so it, it was interesting. And so when we look at some of these notions around anxiety, so often it does, as you said, Robin, it's contagious, but we really do project a lot of our own anxiety on our children. Right. So true. And having that awareness and understanding, you know, what are our, our own triggers, you know, the discomfort. And for me, that's really hard. And I think often when I think back in my parenting, the times that are probably wasn't that affected and my anxiety would really escalate and elevate. It wasn't about I couldn't have them to have a failure. That was okay. I, I felt like I was okay with failure, but I needed them to be okay with it too and be secure in that. And I worked so hard to have them to be secure in it that I think I really demonstrated my own anxiety and probably that was what I was communicating. They probably felt all of that anxiety because I wanted them so much to learn from that experience. You know, it wasn't about them having the failure. I was fine with that, but you need to learn from this experience. And I would get so caught up in that. And that was driven by my own anxiety. Yeah, that makes that just makes so much sense. And I think that you raise such a good point is for us just to be aware of those things that trigger anxiety for us, whether, you know, for me, it might be my child when they're when they're struggling or they're unhappy. It might be when I feel like my child is left out or isn't making friends. It might mm -hmm. be when I think my child um, and for many parents, I hear this a lot. I'm worried my child can't handle this 
we've talked a little bit recently about just texting your child when they're at school or consistently texting them when they're at a friend's house or whatnot, you know, asking them if they're okay or if it's going okay. And I think sometimes we emphasize this, it needs to be okay versus it is what it is and having some confidence that even the child's in distress, they can manage it. But I know we we really urge the texting to be purposeful and, and not to occur when the child's at school or, or somewhere like that. Mm-hmm, true. And that's the question I remember often I will ask parents when I'm talking to them, like, what's the function of your texting? What are you trying to do? And often we can find when we take that pause, I'm trying to alleviate my own anxiety. This is about alleviating what I'm experiencing versus helping them to be able to manage what was happening. I mean, the ultimate goal is that, but you can really see the function by the way they are doing what they're doing, the texting, the kind of jumping in and really getting into that anxiety and almost helping emphasize it. Well, it's interesting. There's a there's a scale, Robin, um, I've been using lately, and it's the family accommodation scale, the anxiety version. And it, it's actually a really interesting scale. It was uh, created by uh, Eli Leibowitz, founded on the Oxford University Press. Okay. But it's interesting. And, and when you start to have a conversation with parents, and I can relate to a lot of what's on this scale, it really questions for parents, how often do you find yourself reassuring your child? Um, how often do you find that you're uh, doing things to alleviate the child's anxiety for them? Things like how often do you help the child avoid what makes them anxious? Or maybe I had a parent that said, my child's too anxious to order food in the restaurant, so I do it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and think about what message we're sending our children when we are doing things that they could do, but we're not having them do it because they might be uncomfortable, right? So often we see this really impede and and impair their confidence. Have you ever modified your child's routine because they were anxious? You know, some parents will say, well, this child is different. They're anxious, so they can't handle the same expectations of others in the household. And how often have you found yourself becoming anxious due to your child's anxiety? And so it's a really interesting scale. And if as a parent, you're finding that a lot of this resonates, it would be an interesting scale just to check out and kind of see where you fall. That does sound interesting. Well, thanks for bringing that up. I think it'll be really a great uh, resource for our parents and our families out there listening. Well, and Robin, one of the things I, I just want to add, and, and I we, we, we say this time and time again, you know, when you are uncovering different areas of your parenting, this is, this is about us parents working together to learn and, and really hold each other up. It's never, you know, we never want you to be critical of yourselves or get down on your parenting because we're all truly doing the best we can. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I took the scale, I found myself going, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> I do all these things at different points. And so I think for us, it's about self-awareness, not mm-hmm. getting down on ourselves as, as parents, but learning more about ourselves and, and what triggers our own emotional reaction. Yeah. And that's, you know, Jackie, I'm referencing our workbook. I think that's the one thing that I do love about our workbook it's not about that judgment place. We really try in there is having our families to look at what am I doing and is it working for me? And if it's not, then why is it working? What am I doing? Often we find ourselves, and I think you've used this phrase before, of trying harder and harder versus trying different. And I think that's 
such a part of it of stepping back and saying, well, this doesn't really move me to where I'm wanting to go. What is it that I need to do differently? And I think that's so important in terms of that awareness, right? Right. And just being able to look at, is my response congruent with the situation? So if you find yourself getting really upset over a child taking a test or, you know, kind of saying it was a terrible, awful day, recognizing that we all go through different situations. And I think sometimes how we project those, even the language we use can project anxiety onto our children. And so last episode, we had talked a little bit about even labeling your child and being mindful if, if you in your mind are like, this child's really anxious, this child's really shy, this child's really fragile. Just being mindful of kind of how your reactions are being led by that label and starting to move more towards this child is resilient and can handle situations and starting to move that child in that direction. Mm -hmm. And I think that self-talk is so powerful. It is such a piece in terms of making change. One, the awareness and then just making change. I really like that and helping us. So, you know, we keep mentioning confidence and we're talking about it. I'll share for me and I would like Jackie for you to tell the listeners. So how do you show children that you're confident, right? How do you show confidence? For me, I try to use less questions and more connecting because I think when I start to question, that's starting to show a lot of my own anxieties and what I believe. And then that often gets inferred into what's happening. So I try to use more of statements, less words, and help me to understand or show me. What do you think you do to help show confidence for children? You know, one thing I've tried to do, I know with my own children, and I know my my children are adults now, but even being mindful of sometimes the judgment that can come through in things we say. (laughs) Um, And I think we all parents can be guilty of this where we, you know, we have an opinion and it it comes through like, do you really think you need to do that? (laughs) You know, sometimes I'm really trying to, like you said, I love it. Just listen more and not be so reactive and recognize that when my children are struggling, you know, I can be there, but I have a tendency to want to be a problem solver and fix And so often that really is about my own anxiety. And so just being mindful of, I can be comfortable with my child being uncomfortable. I can kind of really sit here and I can absorb my own emotional stuff and be present for my child in as much as I can, a mindful and non non-judgmental way. Obviously, this is a this is not easy. And it's no. something that I've been really working on because I know it, at any point my children are gonna maybe make decisions that trigger my own anxiety, that trigger my own what if. What if this doesn't work? What if they get hurt? What if? And really shifting that language to I have a child that that can handle and be accountable for the choices they make. And so really just trying to be mindful of my own reactions and even my own language that I use, because I think so often our language really um, expresses meaning, even though we don't always intend that to be the case. So true. Well, this was a great conversation. Yeah. You know, I enjoy, I enjoy supporting parents in this. And, And I think one thing that we say is we're never trying to take away someone's anxiety. We're not trying to eliminate anxiety. And so often we've, Robin, as you know, shifted from not only using the term anxiety, but also saying things like discomfort. And these are situations that may be uncomfortable, but we have confidence you can manage. And, you know, just on the final note is, is really understanding that we all are going to experience anxiety at different points. And, 
and from an anxiety treatment standpoint, it really is about, we're not eliminating, we're, we're teaching how to be brave and sit with it and sit through it. Great. Well, listeners, thank you for joining us today. It's good chatting, Jackie. Yes, it is good chatting. And I will see you. I know we have, we're speaking at a conference this week, so I'm super excited. Um, and I hope everyone has a great weekend. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us and make sure to subscribe and like us to catch our next episode where we will take you on a journey to find new ways of successful parenting.